everyone. Welcome to Respiratory HQ's Journey to Success podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Peel, and this podcast is all about the respiratory therapy student and helping you transition through your RT program. On this podcast, I'll share education tips, interviews, and tools from my own teaching experience so you can improve on your definition of success and obtaining your RRT credential. I've got a second year student with me today, and we are going to discuss self-care. Um, I kind of want to get you used to the idea of it, understand why it's so important, and really to debunk a few myths associated with it. So let's get started. Welcome everybody. Today I have with me Jessica Britton, a second year student in the Weatherford College Respiratory Care Program. How are you today, Jessica? I'm doing well. Very happy it's um, Friday today. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I had emailed all of the second year students asking them if they wanted to be on the podcast, if they felt passionate about a specific topic enough to come on the podcast to me because you thought it would be beneficial to other respiratory care students. And you brought the concept of self-care forward. So real briefly, without getting into all of our topics, tell me why you feel like that's a, such an important issue. Um, it's so easy to get burned out, especially as a student and being my second year, not having a summer break. I found myself being overwhelmed. And so self-care for me is a way for me to take a break from the chaos, kind of focus on myself, quiet the environment around me to just kind of re um, get energized um, so I can um, be a better student and complete the task that I need to complete. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we probably all agree with that statement. It's a, it's an opportunity for us to maybe reset and recharge. And while we all think it's a good idea, I don't know that we all practice it mm -hmm. with as much intention as, as what we should. And I think maybe sometimes we don't do that because there are myths or preconceived ideas around the concept of self-care. So what I want to do today is just kind of debunk some of these myths. Okay. And I want you as to give your, your con uh, perspective from it, from the student's role, but also from just a person being mm -hmm. knowing that self-care is so important. So let's start right in. So myth number one, that self-care is just for women. What do you think about that? Absolutely not. Self-care is for anybody, woman, male, adult, child, you know, everyone really needs to um, be having some form of self-care in their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, if I asked my husband, actually, I have asked my husband this, I, I asked him, uh, when when we were thinking about doing this podcast, I said, "What do you do for self care?" And he he gave gave me. He's like, "I don't do self care. What are you talking about?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, what is it when you and Paul, his friend, when y'all go have lunch and beers on Friday afternoon?" And he says, "Well, we don't call it self care." <laughs> So and men may not call it self-care, but they do, right? You've talked to your husband about this. Absolutely. I was talking to him not so long ago. I was like, oh, what's your idea of self-care? And he's like, oh, going to the gym or eating healthy or, you know, watching some TV, just, you know, having a little bit of alone time to do whatever it is he wants to do to recharge. That's like his idea of self-care. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so while they may, may be very different things for men and women, we may have different ideas of what works for us. 
both genders take part in that. Absolutely. I do want to just a minute, though, talk about it from, I think, a, a generational female perspective, because I think this is something that society's changing. And I think we're moving away from this, but I still think in some manner it's really deeply embedded in society. And so taking this from a woman my age, I'm, I'm in my 50s. I, I'm a Generation X raised by a baby boomer mom. And baby boomers, by and large, had very gender-specific roles in marriages. Men worked out of the house. They, they oftentimes were the sole source of income. Women stayed home. They took care of, took care of the home, took care of the kids, uh, did those very gender-specific roles. And I was raised that way up until I was a, a, in junior high. And so I saw that. I learned that. My mother was really, really adamant about us getting our own education and being able to take care of ourselves as women. But in my younger years, I probably played that more female mm -hmm. gender specific role of wanting to make sure that I, I managed the household and I took care of things like that. And as I've gotten older, I realized when I look back that maybe a lot of females my age have also taught our children this and I just think that maybe we have a lot of maybe younger generation women thinking they have to do mm -hmm. both you yeah. know what do you think about that no I I, I don't I, I don't think you especially um in today's time have to have those set roles I think you can have a blended of, of two you can still have your education and you can still have your family too, but it's, it's just a balance, you know, and, and knowing that it's not going to be easy, it will be hard work, but it's definitely achievable and that you, you don't have to just be the mom, stay at home and the um, nurturer, but you can also advance your career or your education um, just as much as um, the husband can. Yeah. And if you are in a role where, whether you're male or female, no, because quite female. honestly, society has changed so much now yeah. that it's it's very common to see uh, males being the 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 people that predominantly take care of the children, earn a living while juggling school and those type of responsibilities. Yeah. So it's not just women, but if you are in a situation that you're playing all of those roles. It is important to realize that somehow, some way to set aside some time in which you take care of yourself. Absolutely. I was talking to Ben and I was saying, well, what are some of the, um, if you're looking at a traditional role and, um, you know, speaking for women, how are sometimes men kind of um, lacking in self-care in the traditional male role? And he said a lot of times, um, in the traditional male role, you're on high alert all the time. You're providing for the family. You're making sure finances, you know, you're making sure they're safe. And so you're always on such high alert that sometimes you forget that you also need um, downtime as well to recharge and um, refresh yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think women sometimes feel like their their role is also to really take care of the children. Mm -hmm. and And sometimes that concept of self-care seems rather selfish, which yes. I'm going to segue that into myth number two, okay? That self-care is selfish. It's not. It's it's an investment in your well-being, you know? it's And if you don't invest in your well-being, it's kind of a form of neglect. 
and you wouldn't neglect your kids or your, your pets, you wouldn't let them go without food or nourishment or, or love or whatever. So you have to also invest that in yourself and not neglect yourself for those things as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a necessity. Yes. Um, you know, when you travel on an airplane, you know, you're flying off for vacation or wherever the, the flight attendants always, there's something in their spill that talks about if the cabin depressurizes and the oxygen mass comes down within that, within that instruction is the very implicit instruction about putting the oxygen mask on yourself mm -hmm. before you help anybody else because it is crucial it is necessary for you to have that that life-sustaining oxygen so that you survive and you can thrive and flourish and you can help other people yeah and i think a lot of times maybe we you would never say that was selfish right in the middle of an emergency Absolutely you would never not. think that selfish. so maybe we should apply that to our lives sometimes you know we have to give back to ourselves what makes us survive and thrive and what makes our souls and our minds flourish and and we we need that to be able to provide for others absolutely and it, even as a student you know as as the course goes on you have more and more responsibilities this is due that's due this rotation is coming up and and sometimes you have to even in a midst of all those responsibilities to say okay I know I have a test coming up on Friday, but I'm gonna take five minutes to, or 10 minutes to go for this walk or do my yoga or whatever it is you like to do. And that's not taking away from your, your academics, but it's all actually helping you so you can relax your mind so you can you know further your academics. So I think it's important to, to remember that as a student as well, that you can, it's not being selfish of, of, of taking away from your studies, but, um, you're needing to uh, make sure you're taking those breaks. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think people also have a, a you know, it just, it, it goes against, I, I think people when they think about self-care and they hear this taking care of yourself, that means that yourself is the number one priority or it has to be done first. And that's not what you're saying at all. That not, you know, I think anybody that says, oh, well, self-care is selfish, number one, I don't think that they could be to the point where they were selfish that they participated in self-care to that point. But it, it really isn't even saying that you have to take care of yourself first. I mean, the things happen that you have to reprioritize life. It is just knowing that you have to be intentional about finding time somewhere. Maybe it is first thing, maybe it can be, but maybe it has to wait because other things are more pressing. The fact is finding that time and sticking to it. If you have the time yeah. and you schedule that time, you know, and you, you have the ability to take it, take it and don't try to find something else to do, but actually take that time to, to invest in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. It, and it is also that, that listening to your body, what it needs, being yes. intentional about giving it what it needs, you know, and maybe that is just like you said, going outside and having that little bit of fresh air and sunshine. And maybe that's only 10 minutes. Maybe that's what mm -hmm. you need. Maybe all you can do that day is realize you're dehydrated and you need to drink more water, but that is a form of taking care of yourself. It's just being really intentional about how you do that. Absolutely. Good deal. All right. What do you think about the myth that self-care is pampering. 
I think self-care comes in so many different forms. You can't just generalize it and say this is a you know general thing. It's it's really a, up to the individual and what they need to replenish themselves. Some people it's seeing friends. Some people it's locking themselves in a room and reading a book. You know, but both are um, forms of self-care. Yeah, absolutely. I th I think the same way. I mean, maybe you know. What... <laughs> We were talking about this earlier. When I think about the word self-care, an image that pops up in my mind is relaxing in a hot bathtub with my hair in a turban, a face mask on, <laughs> and cucumbers over my eyelids. But I can honestly say I have never done that. So I don't know why that image pops up in my mind. But I think a lot of people do mm -hmm. think of it as that tranquil spa kind of relaxation. And maybe it is sometimes. Absolutely. But that's that's not all that it is and that's not the only way that it can look no it can look in so many different ways i know one of the things i like to do when i have on my spare time to pampers go play disc golf you know it's outside it's it's getting a little bit of um physical activity and it's just really relaxing to just mm -hmm. just to take a break from all the chaos yeah absolutely i have a tendency i love to read and i when I read for pleasure, it's nothing respiratory oriented. It is just literally getting lost in a story so I can get away from everything else just for a brief time period. Yes. And you tend to feel better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You do. All right. Myth number four, self-care must be earned. That's a no. big common myth, right? Yeah, yeah, that it's like we said earlier, it's a necessity. It's, it's something that you do not have to earn. It's like water. You know, you have to drink your water every day. You have to have some form of um, self-care every day. Yeah, most definitely. I think a lot of people push so hard mm -hmm. one thing after the other to try to stay so busy all the time that they are at the brink of burnout and the, the, the brink of being resentful for in, in helping others, that it gets to that point before they realize, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Well, I just need a break. I haven't yeah. given myself a break in a while. And I think when you are at that point that you build up resentment um, in doing certain things or uh, you're hospitalized because you have a yeah. nervous breakdown, that's when you've past that point of supplying yourself with that oxygen, mm -hmm. right? That that yes. what makes your soul thrive that you've gone you've gone too far back to that point and if you're there you know to try to figure out okay how and where can i set aside those moments of time that you can resupply yourself yeah because if you don't your body will do it for you oh at the wrong time and then now you know you can possibly be stressed out anymore so if you take those little bitty steps of self-care you can avoid possibly a bigger yeah um, i i have a great story that you mentioned this so when i was in my master's program i was working full-time as program director i was um going to school to get my master's degree and i was in my internship which meant i was doing a lot of stuff on the side to fit, finish my intern for that and i remember being in a meeting one day and starting to have chest pain. And at this point in time, I was in my early 40s and I'm thinking, oh no, surely this isn't like heart attack chest pain because I'm too young and I'm too healthy for that. And I'm sitting in this meeting, taking minutes of this meeting with chest pain. And, and finally it dawns on me, okay, 
if it is cardiac related, I probably should get myself to the hospital because I'm, I'm killing my heart. I'm killing muscle. Long story short, went to the emergency room and it, it wasn't that it was stress related esophageal spasms. Oh my it took goodness. me two days in the hospital for them to figure that out. But you're exactly right. And it was just because I had pushed and pushed and pushed and my body just rebelled against it. Yes. Yeah, it so, will do yeah. that. And, yeah. and if, so if the, you don't the, take the goal it, is avoidance. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you don't take it, your body's going to take it for you. All right. So self-care doesn't have to be earned. You don't have to push yourself to the breaking point. All right. And then the last myth, because I think people feel this way too, that self-care is too time consuming and it's too expensive. Absolutely not. I mean, you can, you can schedule a vacation and that can be a little bit longer, or you can just take little naps throughout the day, you know, if you needed to, or you can have that time before everyone gets up in the morning, you're up 30 minutes before everyone and you're having that as your time you know it, it doesn't have to be time ex um consuming and it definitely does not have to be expensive a walk yeah. is free yeah absolutely <laughs> outside fresh air is free i think a lot of people when they think about things they need to start doing for themselves um the meditation is something mm -hmm. that that comes up and that can even take many forms but then when somebody sets something, I'm a little bit obsessive sometimes about setting my goals. And if I start something and I say, okay, I am going to meditate every morning for 30 minutes, that sometimes becomes such a focus that that then can become a burden also to try to get yes. that. It, it becomes a task, right? And self-care is never a task. It should never be a burden. You know, it's, it's not something that you set this goal and now you have to complete it it is truly just stepping back and being intentional listening to your body and being intentional about what it needs exactly and even as simple as playing a you know a dumb phone game you know i i, I do have candy crush on my phone and so sometimes i just need to play a mindless game just to you know reset and so yeah it it doesn't have to be time consuming and it can be a free download of an app or YouTube, you know? Yeah, so many different things that it can be, and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Most definitely. All right. So I always ask all the students before we, we, we sign off for the day, if you could give one piece of advice for incoming students as they're starting to, starting a respiratory care program, what would be from your perspective, from being here a year, what's your best piece of advice for them? My best piece of advice that um, helped me during my first year, and I still do it today, is keeping up with the lecture content. I don't, at the end of the lecture, if I have a really big question, like concept-wise, I don't go to the next lecture without having that concept cleared up. Um, if you can do that, and really keep up with those concepts as you're learning the lecture. When it comes around to the test, you have less major setting to do, and it's just kind of fine tuning. So if you can really keep up with those major concepts, lecture to lecture, that will help you a long way. And you won't find yourself doing a whole bunch of like big studying at a time because you're keeping it up. Okay. Um, as the lecture Good goes. deal. Okay, so now let me ask you how you do this. So you're studying and you come across a concept that you realize it needs to be clarified. 
do you write it down right then and there so that you can find it? Absolutely. I write it down right then and there. And then I, um, if I have ability to ask you, like if you know, at the end of class, I ask you or I'll email the instructor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So guys, that is a awesome takeaway. As you're studying, if there are concepts that you know you need to clarify, make sure you write them down. Because most instructors, I know we have a tendency to do this at the beginning of every class. We say, okay, yesterday we did whatever the content was. Do you have any questions before we start today? Really, guys, that's your time to ask those questions to clarify those things. Because so many times what you need clarification on is what we are trying to build upon. Mm -hmm. So good deal. Good deal. Or I like that too. And you've done this and I really appreciate it. Email. Yeah. Email your instructors, you know, as you're studying, maybe don't call them or text them right then there, but send them an email. That way they can, when they get a chance to sit down, they can type out a response or at least pick it up in the next lecture period. Great advice. Really good sound advice. Okay. We are going to sign off for this week. Jessica, thank you for being with us and you guys at home. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, I want you to work on setting aside time every day to take care of yourself. Just five minutes. Give it a try. See you soon.